Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in San Juan, Puerto Rico with my friend Conrado Asenjo of the Millennial Traveler. He's a law student that loves to travel and blogs about his adventures. Conrado takes us on a tour of the island where we find historic forts, three bio bays, and the only rainforest in the United States. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash San Juan. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Corrado, hey buddy, it's good to talk to you and uh, really looking forward to learning about San Juan, Puerto Rico today. Awesome, I'm here to help and try to give you a glimpse of the island I call home. Perfect. I know today you're in a coffee shop. There is going to be a little bit of background noise for the listeners. I think the reason why you're in a coffee shop is because you're not actually in San Juan today. I am not. I am currently in Houston where it's very, very cold. Okay. <laughs> I think you're going to law school. Is that correct? I am going to law school up in Philly. Took a weekend off, so trying to escape the cold and the cold caught up to me. <laughs> I'm in Nashville and it actually snowed for the first time since I moved here. Really? Yeah. So we're, we're getting used to that. We're not used to this weather. We're from California, but. Oh, wow. Uh, big change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's your connection to Puerto Rico? So I was born and raised on the island. I was born in 1994 and I grew up there up until I went to undergrad here in Texas. So for me, Puerto Rico is home and it always will be. And no matter what exactly goes on in my life or where I'm living, it's like the one place that's always going to be home. Sure, sure. When people think about Puerto Rico, obviously recently there was the hurricanes that that hit there and and a lot of just a lot of devastation to a lot of the infrastructure and things of that nature. But one of my buddies went there just within the last couple of weeks and a lot has changed, but there's still not a lot that's back to like what it normally is. How would you describe Puerto Rico right what it is today? Right now I describe it as open for business, but we're still getting back to hundred percent. I say we're like okay. close to eighty, eighty five percent, but give us like Maybe one more year and then everything will be open and back and up and running as it was before the hurricane. If somebody was to fly to Puerto Rico today, they're going to fly into San Juan, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Say if they're going to stay in San Juan, just because there's a lot to do there. The majority of San Juan is kind of back to normal, right? As far as like power and amenities and things of that nature? Yeah. San Juan per se is basically back to normal. The only parts that are still not really normal, like the high mountain areas and the island towns of Vieques and Culebra. But other than that, everything's back to normal in San Juan. Okay, okay. If you were going to describe it in like one or two words as far as the people and the or the island itself, how would you describe it? The island itself, I describe it as fun, whereas the people, I describe them as hospitable. Yeah, well, we went there for my 40th birthday and we had a wonderful time and, and the people were just absolutely like welcoming and I definitely look forward to going back because we only stayed in San Juan because my wife was working remotely mm-hmm. and we had the uh, young children with us. We had a great time at the beach. We stayed at the La Concha Renaissance. Yeah. Wonderful hotel. Uh, but we did walk around and kind of explored the forts and, and all the other areas down there. But uh, one thing I really missed out on was that kind of exploring the island because the, the, although San Juan is wonderful, there's still a lot of other things to do around the island as well. 
That's totally true. Beyonce and one, there's so many things to do, like the rainforest, award-winning beaches, there's the island towns, there's a bio bay. There's also an area called the uh, Kamui Caves, which are like the largest underground uh, river caves in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. And it's something that very few people know exists in Puerto Rico and like don't actually go visit them because they don't stay long enough to go to, to get there. Yeah, although Puerto Rico is part of the U.S., I think a lot of people just aren't familiar enough to like to kind of explore and they want to stay in like the the touristy towns of San Juan and everything and I think hopefully through this episode we're going to be able to to help people to explore both San Juan and the rest of the island. That's totally true. Part of Puerto Rico is not just staying in San Juan, but branching out and visiting everything you can, like Science Nerds, there's the Arecibo Observatory and the caves for people who are like really into nature. Like I said, the Bio Bay and the rainforest. For people who just want to go shopping, there's multiple like malls in San Juan and around the area. Nice, nice. Yeah, so you mentioned Bio Bay a couple of times, and I know what that is because I actually did that one for my 40th. But can you explain to people what the Bio Bay actually is? Sure. In one of the towns in Puerto Rico, there's a enclosed bay that has dinoflagellate plankton, which are tiny little plankton that literally light up when you move your hand in the water. So if you go swimming, you literally like shine when you swim. It's one of the most interesting experiences you can do in Puerto Rico because out of like the seven that exist in the world, three of them are in Puerto Rico. So... It's a really neat experience and something that very few people know actually happens. So if you were ever in Puerto Rico, it's one of my top things to see and do. I went to the one in Fajardo, Uh which is the northeast corner. There's an island off of Puerto Rico, the Vieques, and I think there's one there as well. Yes. And then the other, I think it's near the rainforest in the the southwest corner. Is that where it's at? It's called La Parguera, and because of the amount of tourism in the area, that one kind of waned down. But after the hurricane, all the bio bays came back brighter and stronger oh nice well at least there's one positive yeah exactly like a little silver lining after the hurricane like nature kind of reset itself and everything's starting to revitalize and look prettier than it ever was before even when i went uh three years ago to fajardo that bio bay wasn't as active as it was before because i think they were doing a lot of building and a lot of the runoff of the construction was affecting the bay yeah that's been happening more often than not but since the hurricane and like most construction was like either stopped or delayed it's how the ecosystems recover much faster than people thought they would. Silver lining between like, yeah. I would say for the listeners, if you're planning to go to Puerto Rico, one thing that affected my experience in the bio Bay also was that I was actually there during a full moon because there's so much light from the moon. It affected our ability to see the bio Bay. And so what they actually did, it was fun to be able to see it, but it was like kind of odd for the experience. They actually pulled a tarp over everybody. So that way you can run your hand in the water that way they could block out the light. That's so cool. That's like really interesting. And actually, it was really cool. We actually were in canoes. And, and so we're all like uh, paddling to get out there. And so, so that was cool. As people are planning a trip to Puerto Rico, I know it's in the Caribbean. So the weather is like always good there, right? There's got to be some times that are of the year that are better than others to visit. So I'd say the best time of year to go is between December and like August, the dry season. There's a lot less okay. rain and there's more of a breeze and say like, during September through October when it's like hurricane season where it's usually either cloudy or rainy and there's not much of a breeze other than like when it's storming, Christmas break up until like the end of summer break for people. Okay. So the hurricane season is like kind of the end of August through October? Uh, no, up until the start of December. Oh, okay. Okay. So those are definitely months you want to avoid. Yep. Okay. I think you mentioned that there are certain festivals that are kind of really cool experiences for travelers when they come to visit. There are. Uh, right now, as we tape this, there is a festival called the San Sebastian Street Festival, which happens usually during early January. It encompasses all of San Juan. Old San Juan becomes 
citywide party where people just have fun. There's a lot of music. There's a lot of festivals. There's, there's artisans. There's food. And it's just something that embodies a Puerto Rican mentality towards living life, like enjoying it to the fullest as much as you can. That's awesome. There are also other festivals such as the Symphony Festival, which is during the summer. And there's also the Culinary Fest, which I believe happens during the summer. I don't know which month. After the hurricane, it got changed because... Sure. I'll link to all that in the, in the show notes so that way people can, people can find it. That sounds perfect. It's something really cool to do. You get to try food from every different like, restaurant on the island and you get to try like, different spice palettes that the Puerto Rico has to offer. One thing that I love about Puerto Rico is that you know, a lot of Americans don't have passports. And so that kind of limits their ability to travel to more tropical destinations. A lot of people don't know that you can go to, down to Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, without requiring a passport. That is entirely true. You don't need a passport. You just need good disposition and a, and a will to have a good time. <laughs> nice, nice. Puerto Rico has a lot to offer inside the, inside the town of San Juan. Let's talk about some of the things to do while you're in San Juan. So what are some of your favorites? So if you're in San Juan, definitely Old San Juan is a must-see. Walk through the cobblestone streets, visit the old forts, visit the governor's mansion if you can, and then just enjoy all the food that's to offer in the area. But that'll be during the day. Once you're like already like in the afternoon or evening, you can go to Condado, which is like a touristy destination. There you can enjoy drinks, food, nightlife. It's like the more vibrant part of San Juan at night, if that makes sense. What's the uh, the Plazas Las Americas? It's the 12th biggest mall in the U.S. And it has a little bit of everything for everyone. If you're really into shopping, if you want to do, explore, want to find good deals, it's also a good place to go. Because there's always something to find there. Cool, cool. So there's actually a couple different forts in San Juan, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's three of them that are open to the public. We went to the one as you're walking from La Concha, as we were walking through... We stopped at the first one that we encountered because we had the young kids and we didn't want to walk all the way to the far end. It's almost like a maze as you're walking through the fort. We were trying to go from like one part to another part and we kept getting kind of lost as far as like which way to get around inside there. That's part of how they were built originally. That fort is called the St. Christopher Fort, San Cristobal, and its purpose was to be able to defend from like land attacks. Therefore, it was a lot more mazy and a lot more convoluted in case people were like invaded through land and trying to get into the fort, they would be able to outmaneuver the invaders. It's part of the strategic design of that fort itself. So it's good that you notice because it's part of the living history of the of San Juan. My son, I think was around four, maybe five years old at the time. And he was running all over the place and we we're trying to, we we're trying to chase him down <laughs> and we kept getting like kind of lost. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> luckily we found him. <laughs> yeah, you turn left, you turn right. And then you get lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was really cool. Is actually they're part of like the U.S. National Park System now. Is that correct? That is true. They've been part of the National Park Service, I think, since like the 1990s. I could be wrong with the date. Okay. But the good thing is, if you have a National Parks Pass, you can just go for free. Nice. Or if you're an active duty soldier, you get discounts as well. One thing that we did while we were there is because we had the young kids, we bought like a, a National Parks book. Whenever we go to the different national parks, there's like a sticker and a stamp that you can get. And so it's almost like a passport for all the national parks. So it's kind of cool. We, as we drive around and travel, now we always bring those with us because we never know when we're going to hit a national park along the way. That's true. I, I know I got one of those when I was young and I've almost filled it up, usually just by going back to old San Juan and like having it be stamped every single time. But it's definitely something really cool for children to do because you can like get to learn more. Both of Puerto Rico and it gives you a chance to explore beyond Puerto Rico and all the national parks in the U.S. Sure. So it's a good starting point. Definitely. And like you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different flavor palettes and a lot of spices that are in Puerto Rico that you normally wouldn't find necessarily in, in the mainland U.S. What are some of the best foods that people should make sure they try when they come to visit San Juan? So there's two 
main dishes, well, three technically, but one is not in San Juan. The two main foods are rice and beans with fried pork. That's like quintessential Puerto Rican staple food. Okay. And then asopao, which is like a stew of rice and like chicken that has all the flavors of Puerto Rico packed into like this little cauldron. And if you're feeling really adventurous, you can venture into the mountain areas where you can find uh, fresh lechon, which is a pole suckling pork that's cut like right in front of you. It's like a really traditional thing to do during Christmas days. Okay. And you can get like all these Puerto Rican sides like cassava, rice, plantains. Like it's really, really good. I hype it up so much because it's really worth doing. <laughs> nice. It might be a little bit off the beaten path, but it's definitely worth it. That's one of the things that, you know, like I think a lot of people when they talk about international destinations or things that are outside of the mainland US, they may be a little afraid to kind of step out, right? Because it's the unknown. But Puerto Rico is the US, right? And it's part of the US. It's perfectly safe and there's so much to do that's just just a little bit farther beyond San Juan. Like I encourage people to go. Yeah, definitely. And so from what I remember when we were looking at the map, because we considered getting a rental car when we were there. And when you're in San Juan, you really don't need a, a rental car, do you? Not in San Juan. San Juan, you can use taxis or Ubers pretty effectively and they're pretty simple and affordable. The one thing is I do not recommend public transport because it's not very reliable. It doesn't run on what you call like a digital schedule. They run on like however traffic is going at that time. So it could be either super on time or you'd be delayed by like 30 minutes. So I don't recommend it if you have like an appointment of sorts. Sure, sure. It's like island time, right? Exactly. (laughs) And so we talked about renting a car while we were there because we wanted to go down to, I'm going to butcher the name, El uh, Yunque? El Yunque. Yunque? El Yunque, yeah. Okay, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the rainforest. And so we wanted to be able to drive around. And it seems like, and I'm recalling this from a few years ago, but when I'm looking at the island, it's almost like, there's like major roads that are kind of like an, almost like a figure eight, right? There's a one major road that goes up and down the middle. There's a, along the top, along the Eastern Western borders. And then a, along the bottom. Is that, is that kind of how I, is that, am I remembering that correctly? That's about right. As long as you stay on the main road, it's almost impossible to get lost. Cause the Island itself from like one edge to the other, how far would you say it is? East West, it's about a hundred miles and North South, it's about 35 miles. So it's pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. I would say slightly smaller than Connecticut. Okay. And so if people are only coming to, to San Juan and Puerto Rico for a couple of days, maybe they just stay in San Juan and explore everything there is to explore there. But if you're there for like a week, it definitely makes it worthwhile to rent a car for at least a couple of days and, and travel around and see everything that the island has to offer. For sure. I completely agree. If they were going to do that, should they just stay in, in San Juan and then just make the journey by car to come back to San Juan to stay? Or would you recommend them kind of driving to these other areas and maybe spending a night here or there in those other areas? I personally think it's better to stay in San Juan because it's like a middle point between the east and the west. And it's easily accessible by the highways. But if you really want to go into the eastern part, there's a really good hotel called El Conquistador, which is part of the Hilton uh, portfolio. Okay. It's actually my favorite hotel on the island, and it's in the East Coast. It's like a 20-minute drive to El Yunque. It has its own private little island. Wow. It's honestly a unique hotel. Nice. And it's definitely worth staying if you get a chance. Right on. And then we talked about the Vieques. That's also on the eastern side of the island, off the coast yes. there. If somebody wanted to go there, uh, how would they get to the island? And is there a place to stay there, or is it more just like more natural? There's two ways to get there. One of them is by airplane. You can take a small commuter aircraft from San Juan to Vieques, or you can take the ferry. I don't fully encourage the ferry because they're running into issues with 
scheduling after the hurricane. Oh. While they figure that out, I would recommend just taking an airplane. And they're not usually that expensive. So okay, okay. the amount of time you save, it ends up being worthwhile. There's a hotel in Vieques. I don't know if it's open yet. It's called the W. It's part of the Sheraton portfolio. If it's still not open, I can't remember right now. You can definitely do Airbnb because there's multiple Airbnbs in the area. Now, one thing that I don't want to miss out on, we only have a couple minutes left. I want to find out what are some of your favorite restaurants to go to? Because that's one of the things that I really love about the podcast is hearing from the locals, the unknown restaurants that like an average tourist wouldn't find. One of my favorite restaurants in Old Chin Wan, it's still touristy by almost standards, but it's like really encompasses Puerto culture and tradition in like a nutshell. It's called Raices, R-A-I-C-S. It literally translates to roots and it's just about like Puerto Rican food and like Puerto Rican culture. Beyond San Juan, there's other really good restaurants in the area called Santurce. It has like a lot of like small designer restaurants, which are really good and like highlight boutique Puerto Rican cuisine, if that makes any sense. So Santurce, is a, that a city in Puerto Rico? It's like a neighborhood in Puerto Rico. It's like saying uh, Brooklyn in New York. Okay, but it's okay. really good. Um, if you want to venture out further south, there's an, a restaurant called Ladi's Place, L-A-I-D-I-S Place. And it's the original birthplace of Puerto Rican seasoning or Puerto Rican mojo criollo, which is kind of like a seasoning. Arguably one of my favorite restaurants in the entire island. It's so good. And they're just flat out amazing. Would recommend it hands down any day. What part of the island is that one in? I think it's in Salinas, close to Ponce in the south. Well, cool. We're going to have everything that Conrado told us about in the show notes. And we're going to have some other things that, that I've researched and some other things that we haven't had a chance to talk about. But right now it's time for the final countdown. And Conrado, if, if somebody only had time for one meal in San Juan, where should they go and what should they eat? If you're in San Juan and you're in a cruise ship, which you have only one day, go to Raices and grab fried pork and rice and beans. Very good worth it and it's encompasses puerto rican uh, spices and food in one little meal nice and that's an old tin one it's lunchtime right now i haven't had anything to eat yet and Same, so I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready to chow down so <laughs> <laughs> and so you've obviously had a lot of wonderful memories on the island what's one of your most favorite that you can share with us i think my favorite memory was made this winter break when my cousins who had not been to puerto rican over 10 years came to the island and like experienced their own culture for the first seven, 10 years. They enjoyed it so much and they felt part of the, the island for the first time in their like conscious lives. It was so special. They visited Old San Juan, they visited Plaza America, they went to El Yunque. It, they got the whole package in a week. So it was something really, really nice to see. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, cause when you see something as a child and then you see it again as an adult after you've had the college experience and everything, it's just your whole mentality and viewpoint just shifts so much. Totally true. Obviously, you know, a lot of tourists come down to Puerto Rico and want to be happy and stuff like that. But where's the happiest happy hour in, in town? I would say in Condado at night. You can get every kind of drink. You can known to mankind for a good price there, Fridays and Saturday nights. That's what I used to go when I would go out with friends over winter break. Right on. Whenever I travel, I always like to have pepperoni pizza. I try it out because like, everybody has a little bit different slant on it. What's the best place for pizza in town? The best place for pizza is in Condado. It's called Via Apia. That is the quintessential place. It's been there for like roughly 40 years. My parents, will, my parents used to go on dates there way back in the day, and it's still as good as it's been 40 years ago and today. So, highly recommend it. Really great. You gotta love it when I, like the mom and pop shop has been around for for so long, and they kind of pass it down from one generation to the next. I went there on my first day with my ex-girlfriend, so that's how good it is. <laughs> nice, nice. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that you were born in the 80s, and that has a lot to do with the name of your website. I was born in the 90s. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry, 90s. Yep, sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> you so know, born don't in worry. the 90s. Okay, yeah. Now I'm really getting. Now I'm really feeling old. 
So <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry about it. But that has a lot to do with the name of your website, right? I'm a trailing millennial. That's why I'm called the Millennial Traveler. And I write about travel, Puerto Rico, and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to reach me through there, feel free. We're part of Travel Update onboarding area. So when somebody comes to your site, what are some of the best things that they would read there? Or, or what's like your expertise? Travel news and travel reviews, for sure. Generally, hotel and travel experience. But on occasion, I will write like an experiential review. Like I have one for Spain coming up, one for Puerto Rico coming up. So those are also there. Okay, cool. Well, so if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you? Obviously, we're going to have links to your website in the show notes. But if somebody want to reach you on social media, how would they do that? Social media, follow me at, at Conrado, C-O-N-R-A-D-O, Asenjo, A-S-E-N-J-O, on Twitter or the Millennial Traveler one on Instagram. And again, we're going to have links for all that. Conrado, it's been great to learn a little bit more about you. We've been friends for a while uh, through our website boarding area. I'm looking forward to going back to Puerto Rico. Let me know when you're going to give you the grand tour. Nice. Yeah, I had a great time when I went and I definitely look forward to going back now. And, you know, everybody, if you're looking for a place to have a, a warm, wonderful vacation, I'm getting used to like the winter weather here. And now I know why people want to escape the winter weather <laughs> and head down Same. to the Caribbean. Puerto Rico is a perfect place to go. You know, they got a lot of damage through the hurricane. And if you have tourism dollars that you want to spend, spend them within the U.S., but spend them in Puerto Rico so that way you can help the island get back to 100%. That's totally true. So thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to you soon, bud. Perfect. Take care. Thank you so much for having me. If you're looking for some fun in the sun without needing a passport, Puerto Rico is the perfect destination for you. The weather is wonderful all year long, and the ocean weather is always warm. There's a great mix of history, culinary delights, and natural attractions. I've been to the bio bays before, and it's a truly unique experience. We want to go back and explore more of the island, especially the rainforest. What is your favorite thing you learned about San Juan, Puerto Rico? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash San Juan or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when we sit down for some beers and tacos on the beach with Mike LaRosa of Coworkaholic on the famous Blue Chairs of Puerto Vallarta. We hope you'll join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.